Pubcast. So with this book, I really wanted to focus on the ethical practices, the practices that can help us in our lives and relationships, more of the philosophies and, and theories. Welcome to the Liberated Healer Podcast, where we touch on a variety of topics in the world of spirituality, energetic healing, and everything in between and beyond. Take an adventure on a shooting star with your hosts, Gina and Linnea, offering their wisdom, guidance, and everlasting love and support. Hello, it's Gina Cavalier, and this is the Liberated Healer Podcast. Here with another amazing guest, Molly Chanson. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Thank you. Hi. So um, Llewellyn Publications sent me your book, um, this Yoga Wise right here. Love it. Awesome. I haven't haven't even seen it as a book yet. It's incredible. So, um, you know, yoga has changed so many people's lives and mine as well. And I just love... Can you tell us a little bit about how it changed your life and your journey? And, you know, we'll get into the book part a little bit after that. Sure, sure. So um, my first introduction to yoga was from my mom. I was 15 and uh, that was a long time ago. I'm 44 now. And we just started practicing in the living room. She had a practice. um, I mean, a personal practice. She wasn't a teacher. She was taking classes in other people's homes and things. It wasn't the big thing it is today. Um, so we just started, she started showing me uh, postures and, you know, it was just that thing that I, I kept doing. I was really curious about it and interested and it, uh, it was a way for me to, uh, I could connect with the poses and uh, it, it felt like, you know, exercise, a way to exercise, but that was fun for mm-hmm. me. So that was really in, you know, high school and college and in, into my 20s. That was really my yoga practice. I started taking classes when I moved to bigger cities. And and so yoga has been with me for a long time. Um, I didn't know yoga at that time had the power to change my life or anyone's life or saw it as anything kind of beyond the physical. Um, but, you know, in... Um, I was about 35 years old and I was married, had two kids. They were really young. And uh, my practice had been kind of sporadic because having children and getting married and starting a career and it just was a different schedule um, and a different time in my life. So I was still practicing yoga, but kind of on my own time. And when I could, it was like an afterthought most of the time. But I, I was going through a really difficult time personally uh, in my relationship with myself, um, kind of like a moment of like, what's happening to my life? It felt like I was sort of spiraling and starting to hit a bottom. And I went back to yoga and I started, there was a studio by me and I started going every day. The kids by this time were in school, so I would take them to school and then go to a yoga class. and. Uh, you know, I remember really strongly the first time that I was sitting at the start of a class and we were doing the initial centering and breathing before we actually started all the movement and postures. And I had this awareness that there was a part of me that was watching 
my mind make all these thoughts? And the thoughts were very critical, um, you know, self-loathing and hatred and body criticism and just negative kind of terrible ways that I was talking to myself. And for a moment, I realized that I was, I was kind of surprised, like, is this what I think of myself? And I was also surprised by the fact that there was this part, like, who is this part of me watching my mind make these thoughts? And, uh, and that was a big moment. And then I kind of thought like, maybe there's something else here. Maybe this practice is deeper or more than just an exercise class or a way to stay in shape or even a way to just be mindful. We use that word all the time. Um, and it is all those things, but you know, it, it really allowed me to tune into what I was going through in a really uh, deep way. And it taught me self-compassion. That's probably the greatest gift I've received from yoga. And, uh, and I definitely credit my yoga practice and all my teachers and classes along the way to um, getting me through and overcoming and being resilient. Yeah, and I, um, I just love that story. And it, it's interesting when you have those click moments too. And then it does feel a little like, it, you know, you want more of them too, but you're, they're, they're just really beautiful times that um, you'll never forget and that will just change the trajectory of your life. And, um, you know, getting into finding what you love, I think is something that everybody, uh, if, if they don't feel grounded in their life or happy in their life, if they don't know what, Everybody wants to have a voice and a purpose. There's everybody does. They're like, there's got to be a reason why I'm here. What is that thing? And they don't feel like they've gotten to share that with the world. They get scared that they're not going to be able to find it. But I think, regardless, yoga helps you find that thing, even if it's not yoga. Oh yes, definitely. So yes, we. I think I think we all have a purpose. I think we all have unique gifts. Uh, I also think. That tied to that idea of purpose is that we need to become aware of and be able to express our truth and to be authentic. And that fulfills our sense of purpose. So in addition to finding like a vocation or a calling, or maybe your purpose is motherhood, or maybe it's gardening or w whatever fulfills you. And those moments where you feel like I could do this forever. I feel most like myself when I'm here, when I'm writing, when I'm making music, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but also if we're being dishonest with ourselves in a relationship or on a career path or, um, you know, something else that's coming up, yoga, a yoga practice, because it's this practice of tuning into the body and getting curious about what is my heart saying, you know, what are these subtle sensations that are, you know, what are they trying to tell me? And where do I need to go from here? What should I be doing? And, um, and to get really clear on that and then to have the permission to be who we are. Yep. And where did, where did you come up with the idea of doing your book this way? The uh, 365 days of yoga. Yeah. So yoga wise is a 365 day daily reader. And, uh, like, like many purposes or dharma paths, we would call it in yoga, uh, it did not start as 
like a flash of lightning that gave me the whole idea at once. So I started writing six years ago. I started writing a Monday mantra and I would, I sent an email out every Monday with a, uh, inspiration, something that was going on in my life. It was a short phrase and then some thoughts, a few paragraphs around that. And I've been doing that consistently weekly for over six years now. And, uh, and then those Monday mantras turned into the book Yoga Wise. So it was a really kind of led organic process of, you know, people started responding like, thank you for writing this. And I've been reading it and it's been helping me. And because you write something, you send it out in an email or to the internet and you're like, I don't know if anyone's, is anyone there? <laughs> you know? Um, but, uh, but I did get feedback from people and I credit those people um, for helping me continue and keep writing those mantras. And, um, and then of course, in my, in my yoga trainings and studies and writing, uh, I, I organized those 365 days into 12 themes and the 12 themes, some of them come from the eight limbs of yoga and the yoga sutras. And then some of them are my own, uh, practices. So every, every 30 days or so, there's a new theme that we're approaching. And I think these 12 themes are practices that can lead to transformation when done in order. So reading a page a day. Um, and, and doing this accessible practice of reading a page a day, thinking about it, taking it with you and, um, and arriving somewhere new at the end of that discipline. Um, what, what I like about that is, especially for somebody maybe that doesn't do yoga or is coming new into yoga. If you did the one day, it's, it's like one or two pages. It's not a lot. So it's, it's kind of a easy commitment to do for one day, right? Um, but also because your writing style is very informative and easy to read and understand, um, you start to really understand different principles of yoga, like you're going to a school, you know? So I think that's what's to me the, my favorite part about it, because you'll hear little words, even in yoga, like this word or that word, you know, pranas or, you know, and you, you start to have a somewhat of an understanding, but there's not grounded in any type of, um, real information so it's kind of confusing you know and so that's what i like about it because especially if you're new or not but wanted to have that understand have a little bit more of a of a base so yes that's what i love about it and it's gradual and so it's not overwhelming it's like you know, and by the time you are done with three and a five days right you will really have a deep understanding of the, all the different areas of yoga, how how it works, how it flows, what the names are, how it works for you, and things like that. That's yes, I love that, and that and that's great because that has always been my intention: is uh, that whether you've never done yoga, or you've tried it and it did not go well, which happens a lot, or you are really knowledgeable about yoga and but maybe it's in asana or maybe it's in a different piece. So with this book I really wanted to focus on the ethical practices, the practices that can help us in our lives and relationships, more of the philosophies and and theories um that aren't so much talked about in a traditional class in a yoga studio. And I'm just going to run through a few of the things that you uh 
the 12, the 30 days that you'll, you will learn cleansing, body, practice, breath, presence, rewriting stories, which I think is really important. And I love that you don't do that right away. You, you give them a base to get there. So they have some tools because you don't want to rewrite the story in the beginning. Right. Right. You need, you need to go back to the breath. You're having a moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make sure you're tuned into the body first, right? Um, ungrasping, surrender, which is beautiful. Uh, walking through fire, which we all have done. But we need help to get so we don't get cold cuts, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Be strong enough so we can like, yeah. Truth and unconditional love and then transformation, the butterfly, you know, Um so I just, it's so wonderful and beautifully, like they said, um, really easy to read. So I did have a question of what are, you mentioned the tw- the uh, eight limbs of yoga. I, I don't know about that. Can you give us a little bit of background on that? Sure. So the eight limbs of yoga are um, in the yoga sutras and the ones I, I said, they were written by someone possibly named Patanjali. So sometimes <laughs> you'll hear them referred to as Patanjali's sutras or Patanjali's eight limbs. And so the eight limbs of yoga are the, are the foundation and the, and the path asana, for example, which means the physical practice is one limb. So there are eight. So we have, um, ethical practices, which are the yamas and niyamas. We have breath, the physical practice asana. Um, there's, presence, meditation, and enlightenment is the final one, which is the one we probably, the elusive one that we all want to get to. And like you were saying at the beginning of our talk, it's like we can get glimpses of enlightenment, um, but maybe not like a full enlightened experience all the time in everything we're doing. Yeah, I I love those those big spiritual moments and then you're kind of like can I have one of those every day they can become addictive and then you're like wow I haven't had one in a while so um but you can find them in the yoga and I I love working with other people in yoga too um because it's you know it's going back to where we came from the tribe you know and um I think as a culture the more that we can do things together especially uh in sync you know with guides uh, such as yourself, you know, how he, it's so healing because you're working on yourself, but you're, you're, you're working with all the energy in the room. Can you tell us a little bit of experience that you have with that type of uh, energy or work? Yes. Um, so I agree with you. I think that uh, when, when I'm leading a yoga class or guiding a yoga experience, it's, different every time and the needs of the room are different every time the needs of the group are different every time and and it can be helpful to know like where are these people coming from are they new are they in business are they in recovery are are they men are they women you know what what who is this group in in terms of identity but but beyond that when I'm leading a yoga practice I um kind of really let go. You know, I I know I have the tools and the knowledge and the skill uh, to hopefully guide that group with what they need in that moment. Um, And then once I show up for that practice, there's, there's this letting go. And there's almost just like this kind of 
flow mingling maybe of the energies of of the group as a whole in terms of knowing what someone might need or 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 offering right i offer a lot of options so offering an option or an experience and then giving people the choice to either take that option or choose something different and take another option and so i really I really am passionate about making yoga accessible to anyone and everyone in every class. Mm, I love it. And um, I think you mentioned somewhere that um, it it would be a great companion tool for people going through recovery. Yes. So a lot of my, um, the book, you know, I use my own experience. I am in recovery. Um, I um, had a really difficult time and, with uh, alcohol addiction. And um, that has been a huge, uh, that has been a huge tool for me. And and it's a big part of my life. And yoga has definitely, yoga has overlapped in my recovery and the, the recovery community. And, you know, there's a lot of, uh, it's interesting because it's, it has been uh, shocking to me how much overlap there actually has been. It's like, there's no new brand new concept, you know, it's surrender as part of a recovery practice and surrender as part of a yoga practice. Self-study is part of a recovery practice and part of a yoga practice. And so I have found it really fulfilling and wonderful to work with recovery groups or people in recovery and, and, you know, approach it from that way where like this all can work together. Your mom must be proud of you. <laughs> yes and she is you know and isn't that so cool that she didn't realize what she was kind of it, like integrating into your little brain you know at the time and that it would help you at the time when you needed it the most she yes yes she brings that up a lot um and those have been really wonderful conversations for us to have together because you know, I have told her that I never would have been on this path had she not. And she always says, how did I know what I was doing or what what would happen? And um, I'm and, just doing downward dog in the living room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's interesting because she has come to a lot of my yoga classes as as the student now. And I'll be out teaching her and uh, and I I'll say something in the class about a concept or a, one of the postures we're doing. And after class, she'll come up to me and say, I never knew that you taught me something new about that pose or what it means or, and I'll say, mom, you taught me that. (laughs) I learned that from you. Um, But the other wonderful thing about that also is that, you know, when I was at my rock bottom, it was really difficult for her, obviously, as my mom to see some, to see her daughter in, in such a bad place. And, uh, and I always say that to her, you know, um, because she felt helpless. Mm-hmm. And I always remind her that uh, the yoga that she introduced me to got me through that time. So um, I, yeah, she's not helpless. It all was <laughs> meant to be, right? Absolutely. And, you know, we, I think everybody goes through those, whatever, they're all in different forms, you know, to get us somewhere like this, where we've learned to heal ourselves. And now we're sharing it with other people. And it really is just such a, you know, um, uh, pleasure. Like you're really in service and, um, you know, that's such a nice place to be and a nice place to go. And I actually think that this for recovery people 
is really, really good because, you know, they have their other steps, but they have to have a movement incorporation, I think, to help, right? And it's another, you know, and I'm just going to put this up. This is day one and this is day two. So it's not a, a huge commitment. It's, it's like a little nibble that day and then a little nibble that day. Because especially if you're in recovery, you're overwhelmed, right? But you might need something. Yes. I, I think people, I, I I think they teach in recovery or what I've heard is that getting them um, scheduled though, you know, and getting more in a rhythm is a good thing to have. Yes. Yes. And there's a, there's a lot of recovery daily readers. Um, but most, I know many people have several. And so it is very helpful if you are in recovery, um, to have that morning routine, um, where you're kind of quiet. Maybe it's a little meditation or a prayer. Um, but this can be a daily reader. And, uh, and it can be a daily practice and it's just a few paragraphs and it's a day at a time. Well, I'm going to start and then I'm just going to have to touch base with you in a year. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let me know what happens. Yes. Uh, or maybe in 30 days or 60, 90 days. Um, that's wonderful. Do you want to do us a little sample or do you want to take us, uh, through a little bit of what you do? All right. Let's see. So. We'll do a little, uh, we'll do mountain pose. It's called Tadasana. It's a little, a little, um, tuning into the body and breath and just kind of getting a sense of our bodies, which we might not always do in our day to day. So start with feet hip distance apart. And you can begin with a little rocking front to back on soles of the feet coming up on the toes or back on the heels. And so notice there's a little sway here, a little movement. And then start to bring the body into stillness. So beginning with the soles of the feet on the earth. And then the thighs will engage a little bit. So the legs stop swaying and moving. And bring the pelvis into alignment. That might be the place where you feel most grounded beneath your feet most surface beneath them. And then sense when the ribs arrive over the pelvis. And this is all with sensing the body, not necessarily what it looks like or what someone else sees, but how you feel. So if any point you want to close your eyes and then notice what that does. There's a shift inward. Now you can feel the pelvis, you can feel the ribs and where they might find themselves over the pelvis. You might also sense when they shift too far to the side or the front, and that'll change the surface beneath your feet. So just a little exploration here, curious about what different body alignments do. So find a spot where you can take a full breath in and then a deep inhale through the nose. And a long releasing exhale out the nose or out the mouth. Practice that a few more times. And after a few of those breaths where you have effort, Release about 50% of that effort 
And then let yourself just breathe. Allow the breath to be exactly as it is in this moment. And you are the observer of that breath. So watching the air come in, watching the air go out, holding that breath as your focus. And you still might be aware of the body gently rocking or moving. So there's this constant movement within the body, not only the breath, but the body itself. Just like there's this constant movement of the mind. So the mind always making thoughts. Thoughts may be arriving right now. Maybe worrisome thoughts, maybe to-dos, maybe other things. And observe those thoughts just as you're observing the breath. So let the thoughts be just as they are. And if there's a thought that feels particularly heavy or pulling for your attention, draw your mind right back to that breath. Take another inhale. Long, slow exhale, sensing the soles of your feet on the earth, grounding yourself there. And then bring a hand to your belly and a hand to your heart. Observe the sensation of hands on the body, belly and heart, wherever they naturally wanted to go, where you placed them. Notice any qualities or sensations that are here as a result of this tender, compassionate touch. Acknowledging any parts of yourself. And then place palms together at heart center. Take a deep, more effortful inhale. So more effort through the nose. And a long, slow exhale. And then decide in this moment how you would like to move forward into whatever is next, your day, your week, your next task. What is arriving and how would you like to be showing up in that moment? And then release the hands, open your eyes, shake and jiggle all that out. Maybe a few more deep breaths. And that's the practice. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, all right. That was really, I love your voice. <laughs> it's very calming. Um, 
thank you for doing that for us. It's just a really nice grounding way to, you know, get started and go on with your next thing of the day. So, well, thank you, Molly. You're and, welcome. Uh, Molly Chanson, and this is Yoga Wise, Llewellyn publication. Um, I suggest you get it. If you get, get it for a friend who might need a once a day little journal. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for having me. This was a great pleasure. Uh, we enjoyed having you. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay. Everybody, we'll link everything below yeah, so you can find it. And this is, please like, share, and subscribe. And this is Liberated Healer Podcast. Bye for now. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find us online at theliberatedhealer.com, on Instagram at Liberated Healer Podcast, or on Facebook at The Liberated Healer. Give us a follow, subscribe, send us a message if you so feel, and thank you for your support. Podcast.